Hello, my love, and welcome to this messy, beautiful life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain-body-soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken, because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this messy, beautiful life. I am back today with another amazing guest that I'm so excited to share with you. Welcome to Adam Miller, who is a mind-body trauma practitioner. Hello, Adam. Hello, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Ah, Thank you for coming along. Where are you dialing in from? Tell us a little bit about you, where you are. Uh, okay, so I, I live currently in uh, well, it's Los Feliz, but uh, Los Angeles, California. Uh, I'm sure people, you know, at least will know that. I don't know if yes. I'm in Los <laughs> um, Yeah, it's pretty, it's kind of in the middle of the city, but it's a nice, kind of a nice part by Griffith Park. Um, I moved back here. I grew up in LA um, and then I left sort of in the middle of COVID. I went to Oregon for nine months and then I, I got called back, so um you know you got literally called back or your soul uh, I got called back by <laughs> the universe I guess yeah um, I was yeah. planning on staying and things just one after another kind of didn't work out and I was like all right I guess I'm supposed to go back here so yeah beautiful well it's so wonderful through the magic of the internet to be talking to you today from yes. so so far away but I'd feel like I'm sitting there in your living room with you yeah so let's get into some amazing conversation. I would love to know the story of your messy, beautiful life and what has brought you here today and what you want to share with our wonderful audience. Okay. Well, so what's brought me here is, I mean, I, like so many people, you know, I, I have a healing journey story, which is cool. I think it's cool that we live in a time now where I feel like, especially with the, the kind of global trauma, it's bringing more and more people to the place where they're kind of looking at themselves. And that is how reality works. And that's, if we really want to change the world, we have to change our stuff first. So um, I, I think that's a really cool thing. And I, I definitely have one also. Um, so I guess I'll just start, I'll just go briefly through it. But I, I just, remember as a little kid just never feeling right I'm like I never felt comfortable in my own skin I mm. had a lot of fear anxiety depression I remember being like four years old and being just completely exhausted and just going like what what is wrong with me like I remember kind of lying on the stairs and uh, like going to walk up the stairs and just kind of like falling over and just being like, I, I, why am I so tired? And it just mm. kind of started from there. And um, 
I, I come from a very interesting family. It's a very, very good family. Um, you know, I, I love my mother and my father and my uncle and all of them, but it, it was also, you know, a very crazy family in many ways. I come from a long line of mental illness, pretty bad mental illness. My mother was, you know, she's a really good mom, but growing up, she was very imbalanced and she got that from her mother who was certifiably crazy. I mean, mm. I, I love my grandma, but she was like bipolar, um, back in the times when they didn't even really know what that was or what to do with it. I mean, she was in and out of psych wards, electroshock therapy, oh, wow. um, the whole nine yards. She was on some medications. Um, they stopped working or they discontinued them. At one point, she went totally off the deep end when I was 10 and had to come live with us. She never recovered from that. I mean, you know, it, it was, it was not, she was like crawling around on the floor trying to eat rat poison and, oh, and nice. it's not funny, but it is, it's like, you kind of have to find the humor in all of it. Um, you know, I, like just gone and like telling stories about her childhood and not in the moment and not present. And, and, mm. you know, that was, I was surrounded by that. My dad was an alcoholic. He, he, I mean, he was, he was never abusive. He never hit us. He never hurt us, but he, he just was not there. He was just completely yeah. checked out. Yeah. So even though I had a father that I knew cared about me, like there wasn't really much of that, you know, role because he was emotionally, mentally, physically, just non, non-present. And I somehow, and I've come to understand that this was, I kind of signed up for this. I inherited all of it. So I inherited the, you know, the mental illness from my mother's side, the alcoholism, the anxiety, my, my, my great grandmother came here in 1905 from Russia fleeing like Jewish persecution. Her ancestors died in the Holocaust. I got all that too. I don't know yeah. if people know that but you inherit your patterns from your ancestors also. Yes. Um, it goes into your DNA and your genetics. So I just was like a complete mess and amongst other things. I, I, you know, like other dimensional things, but I didn't even know. I didn't know. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had fun. I had friends. I played sports, but I just, there was always something very, very, very wrong. And I remember when I was about 14, um, my parents took me to a, a, a therapist and I took one of those, I don't know, it was like three, 400 question tests, right? Where, you know, the psych evaluations and it came back that I was, I had depression and it was pretty bad. And and um, my, you know, my parents were kind of surprised. I don't know why, because it ran in the family. Um, mm. And he prescribed me a medication. And I remember, I remember mainly hoping that it would just give me energy because I was so tired. And I took it for a day or two, and then it just didn't do anything. And mm. I, I think I tried another one a little bit, and that didn't work. And so I decided to do what a lot of people do, and that was self-medicate. <laughs> my God. I got into drugs and I started when I was 15 with pot and alcohol and that didn't really do much. And I just went through each drug because I was, all I was trying to do was basically feel at peace in the moment, you know, yeah. and I kind of even knew that then I feel like there's a lot of kind of guilt that you walk away from addiction from like you were a bad person. And we do do things in addiction that aren't the greatest things in the world. But I think it's really important to frame everything from a place of self-love and, you know, not like you mentioned, not being broken. Uh, yeah. and, and I just kind of realized that what I was looking for was just balance and harmony. Um, and the only thing that gave that to me 
was heroin. So I ended up doing heroin for about nine years. And I did a, like a number on, on myself. I, I, um, I, I was doing cocaine and heroin and shooting it. And I got to the point where I was having like mild minor strokes, transit ischemic attacks. I would have what I felt, I felt like I'd be having a heart attack and like there was no blood going to my brain and I'd have to lay back on the bed and try it, you know, and I'd pray to God, like, please just let me get through this. I'll never do it again. And then, you know, the next day I do it again. And that went on and went on for years and I don't even know how. Um, and I, I had always felt like I'll do drugs for a while and then I'll clean up and I'll do something really cool with my life. And I was about 25, 26. And I got to the point where I just totally given up on that. And then I was like, you know what? It's just not, it's just not going to happen. I, I went like way, 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 way too far down. Um, and then, you know, my parents kind of, you know, put up with it and allowed me to do it as a very interesting dynamic. And finally they got to the point where they were done and I got put into a, a rehab and it was a really intense rehab. It was a two-year program. Um, I was in there for, well, it's not a two-year program, but it, I ended up being in there for about two years. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a military, you know, kind of place, but it was inspired by the military. So it was extremely structured. You had to wake up at 7 a.m., you know, be out of bed by 7.10, be downstairs by 7.15, you know, breakfast was at a certain time. You had chores, you had groups. I mean, we had a group one time that went from, I think, 5 p.m. one night till like 10 a.m. the next morning without, and, and, Wow. It was intense and they would break down your behavior and, you know, why you said what you said and how you lied and, you know, manipulation and your part. And um, it was, it was both really positive and really helpful and really difficult, but I learned mm. a lot about myself and, and it helped me, you know, it kind of, it broke a lot of the patterns that, that, um, were holding me back. And it, it, it really, well, the thing that it did definitely instill most of all is what I found to be the most important and critical part of healing, which is honesty. It's like, if mm. you have to be able to be honest, at least with yourself, yeah. to because if you can't be honest, you can't find kind of the truth vortex, which is the healing vortex, which is, you know, the love in the moment. And that is what, that is what really heals your mind, your spirit, your body, your emotions, et cetera. So I got out of, I got out of rehab and well, actually no wait. So in rehab, okay. I went to see a therapist and I had mm -hmm. seen a number of therapists, um, you know, kind of up into that point. And a lot of them didn't really help. I remember one guy told my parents as a solution to let me do heroin just on the weekends. It was like, they were trying to get <laughs> me to stop. They were trying to get me to stop and I didn't want to stop. So he's like, well, how about you let him do heroin on Saturday and Sunday? And, um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite <laughs> funny. And I was like, sure. Yeah, no problem. Sounds good. It was like, I can do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. The next day was Saturday. So I wasn't thinking about anything until Monday. And then by Monday I was high and the whole deal was broken. Wow. He was a good guy. He just didn't yeah. handle this anyway. Yes. In, in, in rehab, I had this therapist who was, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And he helped me kind of understand my whole life, my childhood, like, where all of kind of the trauma and a lot of the anxiety on the human level came from. I had all these insights into my behavior and like why I reacted the way that I did and, you know, why I flooded every time someone would talk to me, you know, and I get really nervous and I couldn't pay attention or hear what they were saying. Um, 
part of that was the brain damage, but the other part was, you know, just you know, being yelled at and then reliving that trauma over and over and over again, anytime someone raised their voice. And I got to this point where I was like, okay, so now I understand, you know, why I am like this, why I react with fear, why I have trouble listening. I, every time something comes up, I have this insight into it, but I can't stop the reactions. What do mm. I do to change it? And he looked at me and he went, I, I don't know. Wow. And I went, that that's not like you're brilliant and I don't even know what he meant by I don't know like maybe it's up to each person to figure it out but I I took it as he just didn't really know how to do that and I was like that's not good enough I know you know I know there has to be a way to change this stuff so when I got out of rehab I, I I just I felt this overwhelming sort of desire to just heal everything I could and become the best person I could I wanted to make up for lost time. You know, I had lost opportunities in, you know, music and performing and all these things that I loved, the drug addiction. And I just went out on this sort of quest, like so many people do, to really dig underneath the surface and find, you know, what everything was and how how to how to just get beyond it. I mean, even in AA, I I'm not really in AA now. I I loved it and it was a great program. But I would, you know, I saw a lot of people who were still, I didn't see anyone who was where I wanted to be. I, I heard a lot of people, you know, they say, if you want what we have, you got to do what we do. And I saw a lot of people who were ahead of where I was, but I, I never found someone who like, it felt like they had really resolved everything. And they were real. it was still like, I'm, I'm sick and I'm going to be sick my whole life. And I'm just going to have to live with it. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe that either. I think we can get past everything that's dangerous. You, you know, you, you want to be careful when you have an addiction. And I wasn't talking about going back to, you know, you know, getting drunk and using heroin, certainly. But I was, I did have the idea and the perception and the vision of like really fully resolving, you know, and it took me. And so when I got out, I, I got into energy work. I got into every modality you can think of. I did Chinese, you know, herbs and yep. Uh, meditation and acupuncture and neuromodulation technique, which is like quantum mechanic based healing. And I, and, and I, I found a couple things that helped me immensely. Everything did something, you know, everything a little bit, we all have different, you know, constitutions and issues and, and, and resonances and things that will help us on different levels we're working on. It's really Mm. complicated. Um, and so then after many, many years of, you know, healing myself and doing sessions like weekly, I mean, probably a few hundred thousand dollars on this process. I yeah. just kind of became obsessive with it to the point where it's like all day, every day. And it's been like a bit much. And I'm at, now at the point where I'm just kind of wanting to balance my life, yeah. and, you know, yeah. work on myself, to, but not obsessively work on yourself because the obsessive self-development also kind of contains that belief that there's something wrong with me and I have to fix myself. I'm already good as I am. See it as done and it's done. The more you're sending the message that I'm not there, you're kind of not there. So anyway, the two two things that really help me are this mind-body trauma work that I, that I do, because what it does is it really gets the trauma out of the nervous system. And it, it goes back into you know, kind of time and into your past and it completes all of these fight or flight mechanisms that never resolved um, that, that we think 
are kind of done because we're like, oh, it's in the past. And it's like, no, it it was something that happened and then it got kind of pushed underneath the surface into your mm. subconscious and it just keeps running there and you'll start creating the same sort of patterns over and over and over again in your life. You'll draw on the same kind of people over and over and over again in your life until you fully heal and resolve that stuff and discharge it from your body, which is a really key point. And, and so I started studying it and now I, you know, I've started my own business doing it and I'm kind of, I've been doing it for years, but I'm at the beginning of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do full time. And, you know, the YouTube channel and all this stuff that so many yeah. people are doing, but that's kind of, I guess my story in a, in a brief, not so brief nutshell, but <laughs> Uh, yeah thank you so much for sharing that I think oh there's so many like little bits in there that I want to want to pull out um I think you know I think times are changing you know I think being you know what you spoke about there is there's a lot of historical stuff in there about how you know mental health or just our emotional health has sort of changed so much over time and although there are still so many stigmas that are attached to it. We are, I feel like, on the cusp of making real change in this space, in having these conversations, in sharing our stories and having these conversations to say, you know, we're not broken. Like we are a human having a human experience with, in your case, a tremendous story, overcoming so much adversity, so much to like that what really strikes me so much determination from you all throughout and I'm yeah. sure there were times where there wasn't a lot of determination but so much determination <laughs> to be the best version of yourself to just even yeah. when you even when you didn't know what was wrong or didn't know that something was wrong but that you knew that something wasn't right just that knowing that you that your intuition your your you obviously had a connection to yourself that was struggling to come through and it was yes yeah yeah there's no question there it's more of a comment so yeah well no I think that's a great and what I wanted to mention just from what you said was about um you know the stigma of trauma and mental illness Mm. and I think you know what's really important is to know that on some level I feel like everybody has trauma. And I think that the more we frame it that way, the more it brings us all into like unity consciousness. And that's really where healing occurs. I think part of the problem with the old paradigm, and like I said, I had a lot of really good therapists and I definitely respected it, but I always personally felt, or oftentimes, like there was this divider between me and the therapist. And there was mm. this thing of like, okay, I'm going to sit in the chair with my legs crossed in the nice leather chair in the Beverly Hills office. It's, it's, I know you're in Australia, but you've probably heard of Beverly Hills. <laughs> I so can relate. Yep. Yeah. In California. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to determine what's wrong with you and mm. to see if I can get you to the point where you can integrate back into society. And that creates, first off, it creates, it's kind of threatening because yeah. you don't, you don't feel safe and accepted. And the most important thing in healing is to feel safe. Like the reason people are in trauma and stuck in trauma is because there's no, there's no level of safety or comfortability. And so when you have people that have kind of gone through it, you know, it's hard to judge someone when it's like you came from that. And it's also important to know that like, you know, trauma isn't just, you know, a war or, or like flying out of a windshield, you know, in a car. I mean, those are definitely traumas, but 
trauma can come from anywhere. It, it just comes from, you know, emotional trauma is the most pervasive, you know, being yelled at or feeling abandoned or, you know, yeah. like love was taken away from you. And that can come from truly significant, horrible events. And it can also just come from your perception of a situation. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, sometimes someone, someone still loves you. They're not mad at you. You just take it a certain way, but that will stay with you. And, and we all do that. And the more you know that we all do that, you know, the easier it is, the more acceptable it is, and that the less of a stigma there is to the whole healing process. And that, and that, in fact, it is part of kind of the point of life is to evolve. You know, it's not to make $10 million or be a billionaire or to, you know, have, you know, be the CEO of a giant corporation. That might be your path and that's yeah. great, but yeah. that's not really the ultimate point. It's really to connect to your true self and you know to grow and expand and yes 100 world you know 100 um let's talk about you know the, i guess the mind body connection sure. so you said something there that said you know when the process of healing is actually helping us become safe in yes. our in our bodies you know yes. because because of whatever's happened over time, whether it be the big T trauma or the little T trauma, based on what right. you just, just spoke about then, whenever we are, you know, when something has happened to us and the way that we react, you know, and that, that therapist that said that, that he couldn't help you or he didn't know the answer to your question yeah. was basically you asking the question of how do I feel safe in my body when I'm in this situation? How do I, and, you know, it all comes back to, basically well I don't know what your thought is on this but what I'm discovering more and more it all comes back to our nervous system being dysregulated yes, yes. yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly what I do yeah yeah so it, let's let's talk more about that okay. because I'm so fascinated in this I think I've only come across this in the last really 12 months or so and I think it's been a game changer for me so let's talk all about this it, it is a game changer it's such a critical point so so I just briefly I'll say that I like I do two kinds of of work and I've done a lot of a lot of energy work which for me was profound it, it, mm. you know I've I've had things cleared from me from different times and places it's the kind of thing that you can believe in it or not believe in it when you have experiences and you're searching and searching and searching and nothing changes and someone's like oh you were this that and the other thing and somehow it's like oh that's why I've thought this underneath the surface my yeah. entire life and then it changes. You're like, okay, there's something to it. But even with that, I know, I mean, a lot of people who do a lot of introspection work, a, a lot of clearing, a lot of other dimensional stuff, a lot of times they miss the piece of getting all of the healing down in their nervous system. It's because mm -hmm. that is like the point in, in space that brings you into the moment and everything heals in the present and in the moment. And say you do a lot of clearing in your mind and but your body you're not in your body you're not going to experience the benefits of what you've done yet so the majority of the work i do is based on a couple different teachers but there's a man named peter levine who studied the animals in the wild for years and he found that animals didn't really sustain trauma in the same way that humans do and what he found was because humans have this extra part the neocortex right which is responsible for thinking reasoning, creativity, all the, the really extra good things that, that come with being a human. But if, if that's not in alignment 
and in wholeness, that can just be a problem because now you're just creating issues and recreating traumas. Um, and the animals, because they're more connected to their bodies, what would happen, so say, so there's fight, flight, and freeze, right? Those are like mm-hmm. three nervous system responses that when yeah. you encounter a threat. So if an animal, um, say they go into freeze or they get dragged off by a predator, right? Um, they'll play dead. That's the immobility freeze response. Um, and then the predator will say, go away to find the other predators. And the animal will have a moment where it's by itself or whatever, and it will get up and it will do this thing where it shakes itself off and then it runs off. And he found that that shaking was really significant because what it was doing was it was discharging the remaining energy from the the fear and the panic and the nervous system response to the terror and then resetting itself into balance so it could go on and, and live. And he would find that if they didn't do that, they would usually die pretty shortly thereafter because they were still in the trauma and in the fear and it was still in their body. And this is you know, really important for humans, like I said, because mm. we have the same, we, we, there's the reptilian brain, the limbic brain and the neocortex. And the reptilian brain is responsible for just basic sensations like hot or cold survival. The limbic brain is the emotional brain or kind of like the, the monkey brain where it's like, you feel all this stuff, you don't understand why. And then the neocortex is the one that can step out and analyze and reflect, which is what's used in traditional therapy. But it's used in traditional therapy, often disconnected from the other two. So he found that you have to align all three of them. And you do that by really coming in and sensing your body. And what happens is it's, I see it as like three rungs of a safe. It's like, if you don't get the first number of the wheel, you can't get access to the two behind. Mm-hmm. And, and when you get all three in alignment, the door kind of opens. And that's kind of like how it is with the, the energy in the body. When all three align, you can clear these events from your past that are still running underneath the surface and causing you to be scared, whatever. I mean, that it happens like, you know, if you got hit a lot as a kid, you might be sitting in a haircutter chair and they go to move their hand a little quickly and the person jumps and they're jumping because they're, they're still, they still have that event there in their body. Yes. But when you go, when you get in touch with the sensations in your, in your nervous system, um, just through sensing and feeling, oftentimes then that will lead to some sort of emotion and then it will lead to a memory. And then you can, you can, when they're all aligned, you can complete it either by like going back into the moment and saying what you wanted to say or doing what you wanted to do and, and physicalizing it. Yep. Um, and you can, and you rewrite the narrative or the story because the body doesn't really know the difference. And then the, the energy from the event discharges and you start to come back into a state of balance and, and, and presence. And, you know, that can take quite a while depending on how much you have, but it, it, I found it to be very effective both for me and, you know, clients, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, I love what you said there. And we had a bit of a chat before we hit the record button, but about calling this out again, something else that's been so eye-opening for me is that our, our brain doesn't know the difference between us actually physically experiencing something and the memory of that thing happening. Isn't that right? Yeah. 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 No, like, I mean, on some level it's kind of all subjective, um, you know, it's like there are kind of concrete events, but everyone's interpretation is is different. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say like a lot of trauma can even just come from just basic misperception. Uh, I mean, it, it, there, there are obviously areas that are more gray than others. If you have parents that just beat you every night, like that's not really like a misperception 
perception of a situation, but there are much more gray areas where you think someone's mocking you and they weren't. And but you walk away for the rest of your life if you don't resolve it, feeling like you're being mocked all the time because you're still responding to that. Um, and and so you can use that to heal too. Like we do that with someone who is in a car accident. Um, we'll literally walk them through each moment until we find like, you know, we'll just reprogram like someone coming out of a car and they fall into a bunch of pillows. It's, it's, it's really mm. interesting how all of a sudden the body, when it's going through that moment relaxes and it starts to discharge the trauma from the scenario that actually happened, you know, and you're not invalidating what happened. We yeah. all know, you know, obviously this happened, but it's how you resolve. It's really just using your imagination and storytelling in a certain way to rewrite your, your life, but in your body so that you, you can really create a new life instead of trying to create it in your mind, but your the rest of you doesn't go with you. Cause I think that's a problem. A lot of people have, I mean, I know it is the problem I had it was just like, you know, trying to manifest and, but still not getting what I asked for, getting what I am. <laughs> you have to change. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I love this because I think that is the thing like that has been a missing piece for me. And I had that realization just earlier this year to say, if I've got these traumatic experiences happening and constantly cycling themselves through my body and my mind, basically yes. I'm holding them and I want to, how can I possibly be attracting that next level of thing? Like, you know, I was getting things, things were coming to me, good things were happening, but I felt like there was a blockage and it was only when I made this connection to say, despite the fact that I think I've, I'm doing the work and I'm shifting my mindset and I'm visualising what I want, there's just this part of me that is still stuck in the past. Yes. And so, therefore, it's just not possible for me to be putting out the right energy to get that next level of things that I want. No, and that can be very discouraging, and it has been for me because you're working and working and working, and things aren't really changing. And then you're mm. like, "Ah, it doesn't work." And it's like, "No, it it does. It's just it's 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 just a difficult time. It's a really cool time and a really difficult time because we're we're all evolving and we're all growing, and at least we're getting to the point, like I said at the beginning, where we're so many people are starting to look at themselves and their patterns, but we're only aware of five to 10% of what we think and what's creating the reality is all of us. And so yes. it's really kind of important to get down into what's under the surface, you know, and we do, we do that. We call in the same kind of patterns and until we completely resolve them, but sometimes it comes in steps and sometimes it's just a little bit better than the last time. But you're like, no, I thought it was done. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I guess you're not because that's what the mirror is showing you. And, you just like the more you can put love into it, the more you move the process forward. It, yeah. You know, not without without disavowing your emotions. This is not about being fakely positive. It's just about having the tools to like know how to go into the anger, the fear, the sadness, and process it, and then come to a place of love. You know, it's yeah. it's just a balancing act. It, it really, you know. Yeah, and I think you said it before too, you know, it's, it's the importance of compassion, of self-compassion, yeah. of forgiveness, of removing the shame because yeah. I think shame is such, it's such a wasted emotion. That's what how what I call it. But it's, it is such a heavy burden and it's such a part of our culture that has been, you know, telling us this is wrong or that's wrong or we're broken or we're bad, you know. Yeah, or you have to just keep 
developing yourself to be better. I mean, I, I had that. I had this desire to be the best version of myself. But I think before the, the, we started recording, I mentioned that the, the most important realization I've really had is getting to the place of knowing that I'm already okay and yeah. that we all are already okay. Because that's, that's how you heal is accessing the healing energy, the love energy, the energy that's in the moment by already being, already being there and just knowing that it's an ongoing process. So you're actually never really ever going to get there because there's going to be somewhere else to get but when you can get to the point where you feel good whatever happens because of how you treat yourself which I think is the most important thing in relationship in life because everything else is a reflection of that then the process because it's all a process at least starts to become gentler and more more fun really you know and yeah there's so many programs about I mean so many all of us but I know you know at least historically men a lot of times have been driven by this like desire for achievement and accomplishment but what's under that so not for everyone but so many of them is I'm not good enough and I have to prove myself and I know I've had that and that's horribly painful it doesn't matter what you accomplish the whole time it's like you're miserable somewhere yeah. and you're burning, you know, I've been sort of fortunate in a way to have hit bottom to where like, if I act act on any of that, I burn completely out. Like something won't even let me use that anymore. Like I have to just stop and be like gentle and loving. And, and then I kind of get the impulse to do something, but like that old, like I have to, to prove something or to compete is just, it's just dead in me. And it's, it's good. It's good. If that starts happening for everyone, because that's really how everyone gets better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So who are the type of people that you work with and how does your process, is there a typical way that it works or is it just so individual? It's very individual. So the people I, I work with different kinds of people. I mean, I, I have a, few few clients who are just really kind of consciously advanced but have missed the body part of it and then I have you know other people some people who are newer you know everyone's in different terms I I like to work I would say I like but like people in sort of 12-step programs who want to go a bit beyond it not that there's Mm -hmm. anything missing or wrong with it but just kind of a little further I like performers because I I am a performer um, but mainly I like people who are just very serious about it. Like they, they just really, they just really want to get better and they're committed. And that's really, that's kind of the people I like to work with. And the way it works is, I mean, it's, it's about finding, you know, your body and we do some exercises to release the vagus nerve, which brings you into parasympathetic. Um, and then we just kind of go with what comes up and, and there, there are layers present. I use my intuition. I get hits on kind of what needs to happen for the session, but I'm really about letting the person find it as, you know, themselves. It's really for me about respecting someone's sovereignty and wanting someone, you know, to be knowing that it's them that's doing it. It's like, I don't even like the word healer. I mean, we all have information to offer each other, but it's important to give someone their power, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. so that's really kind of my main intention is to help people find their own, their own sense of self and center. And it's, yeah, you, you, you kind of feel the sensations and you feel the emotions that come up and I walk them through the experiences and find where the, 
you know, the fight or flight pattern hasn't completed and then we do whatever is needed to, to resolve it and bring it into balance. And um, a key point, I think I've, we talked about this before the call is that the, the primary focus of this work is, it's not about like going into all your trauma mm. and bringing up all your trauma, though you, you, you do, I mean, cause you do have to acknowledge the problems and find them, but it's about creating a, a, a healing vortex and a, and a safety container. Yes. And the, because the safer um, and more comfortable you feel, the more those things can resolve. It's about, you know, bringing the darkness into the light a little bit at a time, you know, kind of like in the Shawshank Redemption when he was digging the hole in the wall and you just take a little bit of dirt out on onto the yard and dump it out his pants each day. It's very, yeah. you know, just a slow, easy, gradual process. And there's big shifts that occur, but it, it it's like that focus of of safety and healing and self-love over like you know going into the shadow and fighting the shadow and then you just kind of keep perpetuating the shadow forever so yes and that's where you know even just in in your story and I can relate on a different level but in the same way that you know I'm a big fan of I'm a different fan I'm a big fan of people experimenting and finding what works for them which is very much a part of your story I am a big fan of traditional therapy and it's been an important part of my journey and I also know that I felt like there was something missing in it. And so this concept of, you know, we don't necessarily have to keep reliving and reliving and reliving the trauma or just talk therapy of talking about the same thing over and over again, that it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. You know, yes, that can be a valid part of it, but it is only one part of it. And I love the way you said before that it really misses those other two pieces of of the puzzle. And for me, I think the more we can all work together and start to look at humans as humans who are complex and individualized and need different things, then the better outcomes we're going to get for individuals, which then spreads out to the whole entire world, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, the, and it's like the more you can come into simplicity and connect with the part of you that is the animal, that more you get access to the part of you that's the creator. And because yes. you have to balance otherwise you're just creating trauma <laughs> you have yeah. to balance your balance yourself first and then you can create new instead of just recreating the old yeah the old patterns yeah and I love what you said about you know the the study of the animals and that physical shaking off because you know yeah. everything is energy right and right. if I'm sitting in a space of you know dysregulation or just feeling down that physicality of actually just getting up and moving and trying to shift that energy is not something that I've heard spoken about so much in traditional circles. You know, we talk about exercise being important, but it kind of gets caught up in this whole health thing, a physical health, as opposed to a completeness of our health. Yeah, mental and emotional. And most, you know, most physical issues come from mental, if not yeah. all of them. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really important. And then the other thing that, I mean, the exercise is great, obviously, but it's, it's the mind is so complicated and we're so complicated. It's like, you kind of have to bring the body and the mind back into certain places to complete them and move, move on from them. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, Sometimes, you know, it's just so many variables, but yeah. Yeah, and I love what you said beautifully before about, you know, it's about having more tools in our toolkit to be able to 
learn to respond rather than react in those moments. And I think the more work we do, like you said, it's not about reaching this end goal. It's not about us being a perfect person, but as we go through and we continue growing, we have these extra tools in our toolkit that then help us to be what the best version of us that's needed at the time or what we're capable of the time. So I love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, as always, I I told you I love a chat and I feel like I could just keep talking forever, but I'm so, so mindful of the time. I would love to know one last question before we lead into how people can get in contact with you if they would like to work with you or just find out more about you. Um, I would love to know what truly brings you joy and when was the last time you did it? Well, there's a a number of things. Um, I've learned over the years just because I've been forced to. Um, a lot, it's very simple. A lot of simplicity brings me joy. I mean, I, I just a quick, quick, quick story. I was in, in a job for four years that was incredibly stressful and was wearing me out. And I felt like I needed, like I just needed to stop and rest. And um, it, like, what was it? Like August, 2020, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, August, 2020, uh, I moved to Ashland, Oregon, and I, I just took like a year off. And mm-hmm. and what brought me a lot of joy was just going into the park and just kind of being in nature and resting and writing. Um, but I also love, I love music and I love creating. So music has always brought me joy. And I, I tend to play music or listen to music every day in mm-hmm. some, some way, shape or form, whether I sing or play guitar, or write or just listen to music. Um, and, and it really does kind of learning about myself brings me joy too. I've just had to sort of back off on being so obsessed with it and coming from the point of like, I have to get better and I have to do all this and kind of finding a balance with that to where it's like, I'm already okay. And I just like learning more about myself. And so then it's a much easier process and it's, you know, more joyful. So I guess all those, all those things. I love that so much. Yeah, I love that so much beauty and simplicity. You know, we have in so many ways overcomplicated life and yeah. in res- and it's resulted in much more complications for us all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I really love that. That's beautiful. Um, thank yeah. you so much. Um, please tell thank us you. how, yeah. I will, obviously I will drop all of your info in the show notes, but please tell us how we can get in contact with you. I would love to get the links for um, the research that you spoke about, about the animals as well, because I think that's super interesting. Yeah, I'll have to send you that. For, yeah, that would be um, great. But, yeah, tell us how to get in touch with you in the meantime. Um, so the best way is just to go to my website, um, yeah. www.theedgysaint.com. Um, and, I, you know, it's kind of a breakdown of what I do and contact information, et cetera. And I just started a YouTube channel, but that's – I've only got a couple of – I'm really kind of at the beginning of that. Um, so – you know, people can at some point stay tuned for that, but the website is really the best way. So love um, it. Love it. And I'm assuming that you do your work online as well as in person, or is it just online or. I, I do work. It's mostly online via, yeah. via Zoom, but I do in person, you know, you know, for people who live in LA, obviously, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mostly. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed our chat. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing your experience, both for your own healing journey and the magic that you have created for other people as well in supporting them. So thank you so much 
for joining me. Thank you for having me, yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please, um, as always, give us a review, reach out to us and let us know if you have enjoyed today's episode and I will speak to you very soon. Much love. Bye.